0: there's an appropriate way to preach a sermon on racism as a white male uh, to an audience that I've never met before. But I do want to let you in on a conversation I feel like I have with God every single time a new hashtag shows up on social media, a new name that becomes immortalized in our anger and rage over the inequities and evils that are committed against people of color, particularly black people in our country. So let us pray. God, I'm supposed to start every prayer I pray to you with an act of thanksgiving, a way to acknowledge what you've done. I'm supposed to pray in such a way that establishes your power, your sovereignty, But with that, I'm reminded that I am the beneficiary of a long story where power and sovereignty has been used not to uplift others, but rather has been used to challenge certain people's right to exist as humans made in your image. God, no one told me as a child that I was white. My whiteness was made invisible to me. I only learned that I was white when I was taught that someone else was black. And then I continued to learn in subtle ways, in ways that I was never taught to notice that I was better. Not because I was better, but because I was white. I learned as a child to have unconscious contempt. I was taught that white is right and being poor is black. I learned that white is intelligent, and that blackness is something I can look down on. I learned that my place in society is my birthright, and that success is something that black people earned. I learned to be surprised when a black person was articulate. These lessons weren't overt and obvious. These lessons were subtle. And disguised these lessons were absorbed into me every day so God I beg you to receive this confession I am so angry and so ashamed I am afraid God you have placed me in a position where I'm supposed to use my voice as a preacher And I suppose I could choose to make casual mentions and pastoral prayers about racism, make subtle references to the violence of white supremacy in a sermon that could be about anything else. I could share a Facebook post with some of my thoughts, my pastoral thoughts, and then feel as if I have adequately performed my social justice, my outrage, thus not needing to confront the sinfulness within me anymore. Or I guess I could lash out. I could let my rage disguise itself to me as righteousness and turn the pastor's pulpit into a bully pulpit, a soapbox where I can say the right things and perform my outrage so I can excuse myself from confronting this sin and interrogating how it has specifically set itself up within me. I could ignore all of this, And just talk about fire and wind like harmless metaphors of Pentecost. Even as buildings burn and tear gas is released into the air on the streets where protests rage. When I went to seminary, I was taught that the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit is ruach, breath. That spirit in Greek is pneuma, breath. That you are the breath of life. And the story of Pentecost is supposed to remember a day where that breath, that spirit was poured out onto us, but how dare any of us breathe it in? When there are people whose breath have been robbed from them, so many people who will never take breaths again. Eric Garner Tamir Rice, Botham Jean, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, Sean Reed, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, millions more. Theirs and so many others' breath have been robbed. By unchecked police brutality, uninterrogated white supremacy, and unaddressed systemic poverty, the sins of our country, the sins of our church, they cannot breathe. So now what? God, I don't have an ethical answer to this problem. I don't have a syllabus of books and articles to read or songs to sing or protest chants to yell that alone will cleanse me of my sin. And even what I'm saying right now feels like a performance. Like some penance I'm inflicting on myself, hoping someone will absolve me of the sin, this sin that afflicts me. God, I thought we were all supposed to be made in your image. How can the lie of whiteness persist and how can this sin feel so inescapable when I also know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made? Why? Must so many people die from pointless madness and hatred when we, perpetrators and victims, were formed by you in our mother's womb? Why must so many children made in your image not be breathing today, God? George Floyd was knit by you in his mother's womb, and I am haunted by how his last words were crying out for his mama. Haunted. And angry, and I feel impotent, and I'm looking for something to hope for. Something impossible to happen. Something crazy. Like, I don't know, tongues of fire? A chaos of languages being understood? A story of redemption taking hold? I so desperately want to believe that Jesus can save me from my sin. I want my heart to be strangely warmed. I want the Holy Spirit to breathe on me. The Holy Spirit that brought meaning to life in such a diverse crowd. The Holy Spirit that irritates and reminds me of the oppressed person for whom I'm supposed to fight. The Holy Spirit who intercedes with sighs, breaths too deep, too unutterable, too devastating, too traumatic, too honest for words. It's not fair. That so many in our world have had breath stolen from them by the violence of poverty, the violence of police brutality, the violence of white supremacy from our country and from our church. God, I want them all to breathe. God, help us remember to trust that the words you offer to us are true that death does not, no matter how many hashtags it creates, have the final word. Help us remember that injustice will not win. Help us remember that those who die unjustly are with you in your embrace. Help us remember that you listen when we confess our sins. Help us remember that we can't get out of this labyrinth of sinfulness by ourselves, for you are the way Help us remember that you were willing to experience an unjust death in order to show us the way of life. Help us remember your solidarity with the likes of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor because you cried out for your mother in your last breaths too. Help us remember that you gave up your breath as you forgave us our hatred. Maybe there's some hope in the story that Peter told on the 50th day after Jesus' resurrection, when everyone was still afraid and confused, when no one could make sense of what was going on. Maybe there is some hope that God will go to incredible lengths to reveal the truth to us, even if doing that sometimes can uncover how harsh that truth will feel, particularly for white people like me, maybe like you. George Floyd, Eric Garner, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor can't breathe. But by the grace of God, perhaps we can. And perhaps we can use our breath to cry out on behalf of those whose breaths are being stolen from them every day. But we need help. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe on us like, like she breathed on the apostles of the early church, like she breathed on those who fought for freedom then and now, like she breathes on those of us who are struggling, like she is breathing on the weeping and traumatized and re-traumatized and re-traumatized black community of the United States who are exhausting their own breath, crying out for justice and for their lost loved ones. Breathe on us, breath of God, fill us with life anew, that we may love whom thou dost love, and do what thou wouldst do.